So guys, y'all know what y'all are singing then? name going into it or the flipped part we just did okay yeah let's try that again okay so let's start from the chorus going into that bridge one more time let your fire let your fire fall let your spirit move break down
musicians, we go back into that bridge for a little bit for more of a praise break. Okay, so let's move on to Lion. Did y'all feel good about that one? Yeah, so you'll... Yeah, you... Oh, you can wait for them. Yeah. So on this one, uh, Sterling will do the first verse, and then we all come in in this chorus in unison, and remember, it's kind of low, and we're like, hell, hell, I am Judah, um, and so then we'll do the second verse, and then come into the chorus in parts, and then um, on the bridge, Sterling will do the prepare the way by himself two times. Then we come in two times unison also. And then that's when I'll go into the, oh, no, Sterling goes into that. Sorry. Um, and then y'all, that's when y'all flip into parts of prepare the way, prepare the way of the Lord, prepare the way. And then we go back into the chorus. Um, okay. So let's just run over this one. Do y'all remember this one pretty well? We did this one time. So. We'll just, we did it great, yeah, but we'll just try it. <laughs> yeah, okay. So we'll just start. Oh, hail, hail, lion of Judah 
repeating me and going back into that. that part that's like right above it. You know what I'm talking about? 
Because then we go like above it. just stay all the girls could stay together and we could all just go up into that part and the guys could sing that bass that uh, just blanked. Uh, just the original part so let's try that one more time repeating those roars and going into that <laughs> sorry it's been a minute y'all sound good though Prepare the way. Prepare the way. 
Prepare the way of the Lord. Okay, so... course when we come out of that we will only do that course three times okay and so that's when y'all know after the third time y'all go in to prepare the way and I go into oh finally and then the girls go into um hell hell line of Judah so let's try that again from repeating the roars going in back into the chorus at this point So y'all will literally only do it two times. Could y'all kind of feel it when y'all were supposed to go back into it? Yeah, it felt like it because the girls, yeah, because the chords change. And so the girls keep singing. Hell, hell. <laughs> okay, so let's do that again. So only two times. Sorry about that. Okay. 
Well, y'all could go, hell, hell, lion of Judah, let the lion roar. I don't know. Y'all just sing that, though, because that's what the sopranos are singing. We don't need you doing that. Okay, do y'all need to go over this song one more time? How do y'all feel about it? One more time. Let's run over it one more time. Uh, But let's start on the second verse, okay? Pride of Zion. Pride of Zion. Prophet
Good evening, everyone, and welcome to United Pentecostal Church Youth Sunday night. Who's excited to be in the house of the Lord tonight? I know I, for, for one, am extremely excited tonight. If you would, go ahead and just, just stand up, and let's get ready to go into the presence of the Lord, okay? Let's get it. Prepare the way, Lord, 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 prepare the way, Lord
we have a few announcements that we're going to take up right now, that we're going to say right now, and then also we'll do our tithe and offering right now. But for the June events, everybody say tonight. It's you Sunday, so here we are. I'm glad all of you made it. Uh, it's such a wonderful time. Every time, I'm so grateful for it. And then also, your mission pledge deadline is today. And so if you haven't turned that in, make sure to turn that in. And then for July events, we have the Mother's Memorial offering, and that is due July 1st. So there's that. And then next Saturday, if I'm not mistaken, is the 4th of July, or next Sunday, Sunday, next next Sunday Sunday. is the 4th of July cook-off. And that is July 3rd, and that's going to be at the Sister Jim and Brother Alicia. Oh, goodness. (laughs) At Brother Jim and Sister Alicia's Lester's house. My goodness, that lion's got my tongue tonight. Oh, my goodness. But And so that's going to be awesome. And we have a sign-up sheet out in the foyer. And make sure to sign that up because we're doing a cook-off between all the different age groups. Now, some of these veteran age groups, I'm not going to say anything, Oasis. But they might have a little bit more experience. But I think these youthful ones, I think we still have a chance at it. And so that's going to be an awesome time. I'm super excited about that. And then on the July 9th, we have Hyphen Bowl, which is hyphen age group. I believe it's 18 to 30, and that's for single people, sort of young adult age people. And that's in, uh, I can't remember where exactly that's at. We'll get that information out uh, soon, all the details on that. But we have a hyphen bowl. That's July 9th for that age group. And then on July 10th, we will have our next Youth Sunday. So I'm already looking forward to that. But let's not take any credit away from tonight, right now. I'm super excited about what God's going to do tonight. And at this time, we'll have our ushers come, if you would, please. In Jesus, God, I pray that your will will be done tonight. I pray that your spirit would be ushered into this place, God, and that we would entertain it, Lord. And we wouldn't let it pass us by. We wouldn't let us go without being changed tonight. Be the same. 
continue we're going to do our uh, youth testimonies about going to camp I remember when I was in the youth I loved it yes and so every uh, student that did come to camp come up here to these steps let the people look at you and I want to say that our kids give them a hand I, we brag a lot on these kids, and we brag on y'all a lot for raising up these kids. Um, but then, you know, it's sometimes when it's the only youth group that I interact with, it's very easy for me to, to say that they're my favorite. And and so, but then we were, you know, I was able to be in a dorm uh, with our, our guys and then several other uh, youth groups of guys. And uh, I had to threaten to body slam several people, and it was never any of our kids. And so I will say that we have some extremely well-behaved very yes but there were um, people bragging all week long about how friendly how loving how kind our youth group was how the people they they never met a stranger they never made anybody feel put down but they uplifted everyone that they were around they made friends and they really represented our church so so well we are so proud of them but we had a phenomenal camp and we're I'm not going to tell you about it I'm going to let these guys tell you about it. We'll start with Caleb right here. Woo. Uh, first off, I'd like to say the camp was phenomenal. It's a great experience. I know we all had a wonderful time. There's one thing, and I don't think you've ever known something more powerful than the smell of having to share a room with 25 dudes for a whole week. Very powerful. With only three showers. Three minutes long, and man, I met some phenomenal dudes there, phenomenal people, great pastors, great just people from all over. It's crazy. The worship service was amazing. The The pastor was awesome, and I, before going to church camp, I'd kind of been in a limbo with God, and I'd been in this place where I was uncomfortable to praise him, and I was kind of standstill. And I prayed about camp, asking God, I'm like, hey, I want to get back to you. I want to be happy and to search you and to seek you out. And every single night, the 
place was probably 450 kids in a room smaller than this. And the worship service and the praise was just, the Holy Spirit was so thick you could cut it with a knife. And everywhere, and every person I saw and everywhere I looked, there were people with speaking in tongues, people praying for each other, people crying, people on the pews, dancing, shouting. And my favorite night was probably the first night, but probably everybody liked the last night because well, the theme was Dance Revolution. And we were just, it was a wonderful service. And all of a sudden, we were just praising. It was just upbeat, funky music. All of a sudden, everybody got the same picture. They said, go outside. So everybody rushed outside, and they were just praising. They are dancing. We were sweaty. First five minutes, you were like, this hurts. You're like, I'm ready to get back inside. But then, after the Holy Spirit and the Holy Ghost fell over your body, it's like you couldn't feel anything but Him. And you were just engulfed by Him, and you were dancing. It is just amazing. Um, okay. Uh, our dorm was not that bad. We had like eight girls, and they were all really clean and not smelly. So it was really awesome for that. Uh, camp was genuinely amazing we just met so many amazing people and there was no one that like we disliked because everyone had the same objective to get closer to God and it was genuinely so it was probably the best week I've had this year it was so amazing my favorite night personally was Tuesday night um uh, uh, Pastor Holloway talked about how he went through so much in his life and he still every single thing he went through he always found a way to go back to God and it was just I look up to that a lot and that night I also got the Holy Ghost which was awesome (laughs) which was awesome (laughs) and uh, I'm excited for next year and I'm excited to see all of us that went and people that are going next year Um, I'm just excited to see all of us grow and I'm just I really love our youth Okay, so if I stutter, it's, I mean, this is only because I'm not really good at doing this in front of people. But first, I really want to thank Callan and Steven for, um, you know, just sacrificing their time and going up there with us and just being there with us. And, of course, Sterling and Kylie. (laughs) Um, I really had a awesome when I first got there, I feel like whoever's coming here really needed a big breakthrough. And honestly, I needed a breakthrough because I've been having, I'm sorry, I've been having a lot of rough times at my house and it's not really doing so good there. So I was like, I really needed a breakthrough. And um, the last night um, on Thursday night when everybody was dancing, they were dancing for him, and I get so scared just to to praise him sometimes because sometimes people will bully you or sometimes will, like, judge you for what you believe in, and I get so scared that 
that they're gonna make fun of me and what and here I am I was like why am I being so scared like why why am I really worried about this and so um so Thursday morning when the girls had their morning service um the, we had some ladies that went up there and talked about their life and what they went through and when they told us I was like when they told us what they went through I was like man I thought my life was rough and so um and so and then there was this one lady that talked about being in the mish in the missionary or she's a missionary or she just got back and so actually I've been having this great time or great time but like this Thing that I really want to go in the mission field. That's what I want to do. And Thursday morning afterwards, I got a calling from God that I want to be in the mission field. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so I've been doing. I've been looking at Bible colleges, and so hopefully next year I will go to the mission field and do what God wants me to do. So. I'm really nervous. <laughs> okay. Um, camp. Camp was amazing. Camp was very good. And I have been to church camps before. But I didn't grow up in a Pentecostal church. And so this was like something I had never experienced. Um, there were so many fun things. We did tribe wars. We lost. But we'll get them next year. Um, our sports were phenomenal. We won in football and basketball, and it was so much fun. Um, I received the Holy Ghost Wednesday, which was <laughs> which was amazing. Um, I keep saying, oh, I'm so sorry. I, Brother Holloway's teachings were so, they were just, un, like, I can't even describe them because God really spoke through him. You could tell it wasn't him. It was God, and it touched so many people in so many incredible ways, and it was just amazing. I want to go to what Talia said, actually. Um, Thursday, so every morning we have split sessions, and Thursday was that only day we actually split up, the boys and the girls, and these ladies decided, some of the ladies decided to share their testimonies with us, and it was beautiful because they're so many different lives but we got an example of how God used them and God had a plan for them and my thing um, I'm a kind of a control freak sometimes and I plan everything and I have my whole life planned out but one thing I had to realize and I did realize was that I can't be in control of everything it has to be God and God has to be in control because it's not my life it's God's and my life is in God's hands and that's the realization I had to come to no matter what hard things are in your life or you're like I'm not getting this and my friends are and oh my parents are splitting up and there are difficult things happening in your life God has a plan and God has a reason for every single one of those things and that is one of the main things I learned at camp and yeah, just being around people, amazing, because we all share everything. Thank you. Thank you.
gosh. Uh, <laughs> I have a short little thing I want to talk. Uh, this was my first year, and it was, like, the best thing I've ever been to. Um, we had fun, lots of fun. <laughs> and I met amazing friends, and uh, my favorite thing was church, especially Thursday night. It really touched me, and uh, I got the Holy Ghost. <laughs> But uh, all I can say is that uh, our pastor, there, he, uh, you could see that God was really with him. It was uh, like when he talked, it was really powerful. And that spoke to me like every night. Uh, that's about it. <laughs> um, this was my first year at camp, and I. I was kind of nervous because I've never been, and I like being with my family. I, I don't like being away for very long, so I was a little nervous, but um, once I got there, it was so fun. We started meeting new people, like, first thing. Um, we met so many uh, nice girls. We had um, some new girls in our cabin that stayed with us. They were, like, the sweetest girls ever. We loved them, um, and the services were very powerful. We, I mean... They were amazing, best I've ever been to. Um, the preacher was very good. Um, we just enjoyed hearing him and um, being in God's presence. So uh, I'm going to be honest, I came into the camp like not wanting to go to camp. But, but it okay, that, that's, yeah, that's my fault. But, okay, as the services went along, like, I wasn't getting anything, but I think it's because I wasn't putting any effort into it. But the last night, he uh, he spoke on Dance Revolution, and he compared uh, praising God to how they brought into Dance Dance Revolution into the arcade of America and how they were afraid that kids wouldn't want to do it because they didn't want to be out in the open doing dances like that because it made them feel uncomfortable. And he wrapped it up by talking about he had a church in, like, Arizona or something, and he had them go out into a parking lot other church and it was surrounded by like restaurants and bars and they had a praise service out there and that that for one i don't know i just it hit and because that that seems so powerful that if our music and our praise is louder than the world's then it shuts out all the darkness and people come in they had two people join the church come out of a starbucks line come in and get baptized and now they're part of the church and he uh crap i'm sorry i got it wrong he okay I'm sorry. Okay. He's, he said something about apostolics, right? How we're not supposed to stay in. We're supposed to go out. And a lot of the times we go out with our word and the word of God, but we never go out with our praise. And how we need to take what we get there. And it was, it was a phenomenal praise service. Crazy. Like probably two hours longer just praising God. Like, like I don't even remember half of it because it was just, it felt so good. And you're just in the presence of God and you just go and go and go. And you don't worry about whether you're sweating, whether you're tired. Whether you're sure, you worry about that after. You can worry about that afterwards when it's over. But it was so phenomenal. And if and he said, take it home what you have here. Don't let it die here and take it home. And that really, that really hit with me. So uh, I think I'm the only one who didn't wing this. Uh, but I procrastinated and did it about two minutes before the service. So... Uh, uh, youth camp was quite an experience. Uh, 
it was my first time going and I had somewhat of a good experience. Uh, the services were all good. My favorite service was uh, Wednesday night titled The Way. Uh, he did one illustration that stood out to me and he talked about how he had guys lined up right here in front of the guy. And he talked about how the path to God is going to be straight but very narrow. So whenever you're at the end, sometimes you have to lay down some opinions, some thoughts, some things that are of the flesh and of the world. You have to lay that down just so you can fit through that. That really stood out to me in that service. Um, then we also have the last service. Uh, Caleb did great on that. It was very hot outside. Uh, uh, all of the sports and stuff was fun. Uh, we had tribe wars. We lost, like Kaylee said. But uh, in sports, we swept in all of it, <laughs> except for volleyball. But that's because we didn't play volleyball. Uh, <laughs> um, the whole week, I probably got about eight hours of sleep in total. Uh, I had an alarm set that I didn't know I had set, and I woke up all the guys in the alarm at like 4 a.m. or something like that. But uh, it was a great experience, uh, and I'm ready for next year. Um, this is my, I guess, my last youth camp as at least a student. So I was really looking forward to it this year, and it didn't disappoint. Like you said, we had, we had fun outside of church. We had fun with the tribe wars. We had fun with the sports. Beat the staff in football. Very happy about that. Uh, didn't do quite as well in basketball staff wise, but that'll work. And then in Tribe Wars, yeah, we didn't have the Black Bombers dominance that we had last year. Silver Spartans sputtering. We did, we did land an impossible shot. I won't say who. But, but aside from that, the. The preaching was the preaching. The services was very powerful. Brother Holloway, he's that type of preacher that says, "Suck it up, Buttercup. I'm going to tell you what you need to hear." And he really told us right off the bat. First night, he was talking about the altar. He said, "We got to stop having a clean altar. Stop disinfecting the altar." He said, "The altar's supposed to be bloody. You don't go up to God and say, oh God, forgive me of all my." Whatever I've done wrong. He said, no, start naming some names, and he'll start to cover that name. He said, what happens is, you've, always, you've heard the metaphor about the courtroom. He says, what the devil does, he's the accuser of the brethren. He comes to you, and he tells you what you did, but then God comes and says, no, no, I died for that. And he brings two, and like he said, two mouth of two or three witnesses. And he said, what he does is he brings up David, had a man murdered for adultery. He brought up he brought up even Samson. He he allowed Delilah to come into his life. Somebody he should never have been with. Allowed him to, allowed her to corrupt him and he ultimately failed. But in the end of it all, he ended up winning the Philistines against the Philistines. And then he said, I'll bring even another one. I'll bring myself. I took the cross. I took it all on. I took death, sin, and the grave. I came out of it. And now he is covered, but you got to tell him. You got to tell him. He's not going to be mad at you for it. He's going to forgive you for it. He just needs you to tell him so he can help fix that problem. And 
Honestly, yes, the last night was real good. One thing that really stuck out, what he really pointed out, he said, one mistake we make when we dance, we think we got to be in the spirit to start dancing. He said, no, it's the other way around. You start in the flesh as a sacrifice of praise, and you end drunk in the Holy Ghost. But I really enjoyed camp. I took, I got a lot from it, and uh, hope y'all have fun from now on. Give them a hand. Everybody but uh, Kaylee and Caleb, sit down. I'll come back up. And, and we have bragged on all of our kids, but these two specifically were nominated for Camper of the Year. So they were Camper of the Year nominees, both of them. They made our youth group proud, our church proud. And so we want to give them a hand, give them some recognition. Love y'all. Y'all can be seated. It was a powerful, powerful week watching um, watching our kids just develop and grow and watching even just the differences between the first night and the last night, the responses and everything like that. It was something I was extremely uh, grateful to be a part of. And so we're looking forward. We are looking forward to next year's camp and everything that's going to happen. And we're looking forward to what is going to come from this camp this year. Because I truly believe that what we experienced, what we felt, what we learned is not staying over there in Wichita Falls, but it's here. We're going to bring it to here, this church. We're going to bring it to our city. We're going to bring it to our schools, to our work. And we're going to see the revival from that camp starting in our young people. And so we are so excited. And so I won't take much longer. We're going to dive in to uh, the message. And as you know, I'm usually not a a long-winded preacher, so I'll be mindful of your time. But as we know, and as the body of Christ, we experience spiritual warfare. Is that fair to say? That all around, all around us, we we experience it in our mind. We experience warfare on our job sites. We experience warfare in our schools. And in the, for the past month or so, our youth, we've been doing a series on the war inside, talking about the war inside of us that we can We're always constantly being pulled one way or the other, going to go to the world, go to our flesh, or go toward what God is wanting us to do. We experience warfare and spiritual warfare all the time. And we have Ephesians 6 and 12 that says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness, in the heavenly places, meaning we experience warfare, but that doesn't mean we go around with swords and we don't go around with guns. We don't go around swinging and punching at everything, but we experience battles daily, pulling us one direction or the other, living the life God's called for us to live, or maybe living the life the world wants us to live, or we personally want to live. We experience spiritual warfare, and this is not new information. This is, I did not blow anybody's mind saying that. I didn't create a revelation right there and it's something that should not have taken us by surprise and even if you grew up in church you probably sang the song I'm in the Lord's army yes sir and then you grew up learning I am joining a battle I am joining a war I am joining a spiritual warfare that is going to come against me every single 
day and knowing and understanding not only that once you decide living for God that you enter a war, but knowing that you personally, specifically, individually have a vital role in that war. From the youngest person in here to the oldest person in here, you have a vital role in the kingdom of God. And we all have a calling. We all have a purpose. We all have a ministry. We all have a position in the army of God that is designed specifically for you. You were given power. You were given gifts. You were given talents. You were given skills specifically for that role in that job that only you can do. We have 1 Corinthians 12 and 12 that says, for just as the body is one yet has many parts, and all the parts of the body, though they are many, are one body. So also is Christ, meaning you have, and I'm not blowing anybody's mind to get here, but I'm laying some foundation and we're getting somewhere, okay? That we all have something that we are strong at. We all have, have something that we are good at. all have something that separates us a little bit from our brothers and sisters in Christ. And that is what puts us specifically in our role, in our position for the army of God, for the spiritual warfare that we are all experiencing. All fighting different things, all fighting it in a different way but fighting for one goal, fighting one battle, and that is to see our world saved. And in battle, there are many levels and there are many positions. In the Civil War, for example, from 1861 to 1865, there were many positions that were held, all holding value and all holding importance. There were generals, there were the top guys, there were the ones that revered, the ones that you read about in the history books, the ones that usually you know their names There were lieutenants, there were cadets, but there is a position in battle and specifically in the Civil War that isn't talked about as much, that you probably don't know any of the names of these people, but God revealed to me that many of us are called to be like this position and to take up this role, and it's not the general, unfortunately, it's not the top guy, it's not the one that you read about in the textbook, but the position we're talking about tonight is the drummer. And so the title of the message tonight is Just a Drummer Boy. And so the drummer boy, oftentimes it's difficult for the verbal commands of the commander of the general to be heard across the battlefield. It's chaotic. There's gunshots. There's screaming. There's explosions. There's chaos all around. And so for the vocal commands of the general of the commander, it is difficult for those words to get to everybody. And the strength of an army depends on its ability to move in unison and move in cohesion, to move in step together. And so in order for the commands to reach the soldiers, there were signals that could cut through the roar of fighting when it became necessary, how the drums became such an important part of warfare that its role in the battlefield communication systems, orders were soon given through a series of drum beats to represent them. The drum beats that would distinguish whether to advance, to retreat, to stop, to move left, to move right. They were all distinguished by different drum patterns. And during the American Civil War, many of the boys that were too young to become soldiers became drummer boys. That They were too small to, to hold a gun. They were too small to shoot a gun, so they were given a drum instead. And the youngest known uh, drummer boy that was in there, was he was eight years old in the Civil War, picking up. A drum. And this picture actually up here that you're seeing is, is probably the most famous drummer boy known as John Clem is his name. 
And he joined the military, he joined the army at nine years old and became a drummer boy and eventually moved his way up through the ranks and as a soldier. And he joined the battle. He joined the fight at what he could. He wasn't strong enough to pick up a gun. He wasn't strong enough to march with the rest of the soldiers. He wasn't big enough. He didn't have the ability to do all of that. But he said, if I can do something, give me, give me a drum. Give me something that I can do that I can serve. And he began to serve the army. And so, unlike the drummers in today's modern army, the Civil War drummers were an integral part of the military. Besides their primary job of beating the drums, drummer boys also acted as stretcher bearers and assistant surgeons. They would walk around the battlefields to look for the wounded so they could be treated. But you see, the drummer, their location was vital. Their position, where they were standing, where they were on the battlefield was extremely crucial to the success of the army. Because they could have the ability to play the drums. They could have the knowledge of what every cadence meant or what every beat meant. But if they weren't within earshot of the commander, they were useless. The drummer had to be close to the general, close to the commander, the one giving the orders to hear the next direction for them to begin to give out. The, the steps to be able to give out the beat so the rest of the military can know what to do next. And we all, we can have all the ability in the entire world. We can have all of the knowledge in the world. But if we don't listen to our man of God, we are useless. Because the power and the strength of an army is found in its ability to operate in unison and in cohesion, like I talked about earlier, meaning that the army to move in unison, they have to hear the beat of the drum and the drummer has to first hear the word spoken by the commander and we have Romans 10 14 that says how then are they to call on him in whom they have not believed how are they to believe in whom they have not heard and how are they to hear without a preacher because the power and the strength of the church is its ability to operate in their different spiritual gifts in their different mission fields while responding in sync to the command and the voice of God. The general speaks the word, but it's not as effective for the drummer boy to hear it and then try to go and tell every single person individually what the command was. And that's what we try to do. We try to say, pastor preaches us a word, and we try to go to each person individually and say, this is what pastor talked about. This is what our preacher talked about. This is what our pastor talked about. You can reach some, but what the drummers realized as we can take these words and I can share the words and I can reach some or I can turn these words into action and I can reach many. And so they turned the word into action and the action was beating the drum and the drum began to create a sound that reverberated across the battlefield that allowed the others to not even have to see them but to know we're moving forward. To know we're moving to the right. No, we're moving to the left because the action reaches more than the words of us ever will. Because we are written epistles we're living epistles to be read by all we are there to be our life and our actions are there going to reach so much more our words can reach some but our actions will reach many we have james 1 and 22 that says but prove yourselves doers of the word and not just hearers who deceive themselves if the drummer heard the command and knew we must retreat and decided they reach they would retreat and did not play the drum did not turn it into action, the world, their army would fail. Their world would not succeed because they have to first turn, become doers of that word. We are living 
epistles. We are ministers. We are the salt of the earth. And we cannot depend on only the preaching on Sunday alone to save our city. But we have to be like the drummer. We have to hear the preaching. We have to hear the word and transform that word into action. And then these actions will create waves in our spiritual atmosphere of our work, of our school, of our families, of our city. And when we begin to beat that drum, the army of God, the church, the UPC of Paris, Paris, Texas, Lamar County can then advance. Then we begin to see the miracles we pray for. Then we begin to see the revival in our governments because we have turned the word into action and began to beat the drum, letting those know that we are moving forward and we can advance. But a lot of us don't feel qualified to be used like this. I oftentimes don't. And going back to the passage before, it says that during the American Civil War, many boys who were too young to become soldiers decided to become drummer boys. Many ran away from home, and they would usually lie about their age and use fake names so they could enlist. The youngest drummer in the Civil War was said to be Avery Brown, who enlisted at 8 years old, 11 months, and 13 days. And so he lied and said he was 12. I would have gone a little, a little higher than that. But you know what? There's that. And on April 15, 1861, three days after the bombardment of Fort Sumter, an urgent call was made for Union volunteers. And that is when he decided to join. He decided he knew, and all these boys knew that they wanted to be, they wanted to serve. That they were needed to serve. They were needed to fight, but what they had, what was currently their current situation, their age, their current situation, their name was going to keep them from being able to be used in the way they were needing to be used. And so they realized and they said, you know what? If they knew their name right now wouldn't allow them to go where they were wanting to go. They knew that their current life circumstance being their age separated them from a future full of purpose and of service. So they traded in their right now. They said, If my right now means that I can't move forward, then I guess I'm changing. If who I am right now prevents me from being who I need to be, then I guess I'm changing. Matthew 16, 24, yeah, it says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Be aware of your weaknesses. Be aware of what's going to keep you out of the kingdom of God, keep you out of being used and saying, You know what? If this is what's keeping me from being used... I guess I'm changing. I guess I'm leaving this behind. I guess my name is going to change. I guess my identity is going to change because I'm not going to allow this to stop me from being used in the kingdom of God. Ephesians 4, 24 says, and to put on the new self, which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. Not everything that we are right now is going to be able to go with us and what God's wanting us to do in our lives. Not every single part of us is going to be able to follow us along, but we're going to have to lay some things down, like the illustration they talked about with Brother Holloway. We're going to have to lay some things down to be able to fit on the straight and narrow. If we want to enlist in the army of God, we're going to have to let some things stay in the past, let some things stay, but we have a God that is going to be able to create in us a clean heart and renew a right spirit. He has the opportunity to change our name. Our God has the opportunity that we can't change ourselves. But we allow him to change us because we want to be used by God. We want to reach the lost. We want to see our family saved. We want to see our coworkers saved. But there's some parts of us that are going to have to be changed.
Your name might have to be changed. Your identity might have to be changed. The parts of you that identify with the world will have to change. And if you say, I know who I used to be, but if that doesn't line up with the will of God, if that keeps me from joining the army of the Most High God, then I'm willing to be transformed. Whatever it takes for me to serve the kingdom of God, I'm willing to do it. And that is when God begins to transform in us, when he sees that we don't want the old parts of us anymore, but we want the new thing that he is doing, the new thing that he's wanting to do in our lives. Then God can change our name. Then God can transform us from what we were, born in sin and shaping in iniquity, and create us to be who we are needing, to be who our world needs us to be. And another role of the drummer boy, as we said, that they weren't only just beating the drum, but they also worked as stretcher bearers. That they would walk around the battlefields and look for the wounded so they could be treated. Galatians 6 and 2 says, bear one another's burdens and and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. It would be so easy for the drummer to say, I just, I, just, I just beat the drum. And so I don't have anything to beat right now. I don't have a command right now. And so that's, that's not my job. I, that's not, that's, I, that's, I see somebody hurting. I see somebody struggling. I see somebody suffering, but I'm a drummer boy. That, that could be somebody else's job. Somebody else can take care of that. But instead, drummers walked around the battlefield seeking the injured and fallen soldiers, knowing, though, that then themselves could not save them, knowing that we ourselves cannot save our hurting brothers and sisters. But we know who we could take them to. It says that they would put them on a stretcher. They were stretcher bearers, that a stretcher is something that's solid, something that's stable, something that you could put the hurting on and put them into a more stable situation. So we have something that's stable, something that's solid. We have the word of God, so we can see our fallen brother and sister saying, brother, I know I see that you're hurting. I'm going to give you something stable. I'm going to give you a stretch. I'm going to give you a word. I'm going to give you a prayer. And I can't save you. I can't do this, but I'm going to take you to somebody who can. I can take you to the God who can heal you. I can take you to the God who can deliver you. And when we realize as a drummer, we have a role, but we can also look around the battlefield and see plenty that are hurting, see plenty that are needing a reach from God, they're needing a stretcher, they're needing something stable in the world that is shaking underneath them. Because we, we don't have the ability to heal the hurt, but we have the eye to find them. They had the ability to put the soldier on something solid, something stable, the stretcher that would bring them to the God that could save them. And we need to realize as a church that we need each other, that we have jobs to do, we have we have Sunday school, we, we clean, we greet, we usher, we run the media, but we also need to be roaming the battlefield daily looking for those brothers and sisters that are hurting. That it's not somebody else's job, but it's our job. And it was saying, mm, praise God. But understanding, though, that the drummers understood the value of their role and the importance of their role, but the extent of their role. Knowing that you will be a vital part of saving somebody, but you won't be the one that saves them. That you can, you can bring them to God, but at that point, you have to know who you are taking them to. Knowing, I know you are hurting. I don't have all the answers, but I serve a God who does. I don't have the way out, but guess what? I know a God that does. And whenever you begin taking people and begin moving them forward, you begin fulfilling the role 
of the drummer, the one who doesn't get talked about as much, the one that doesn't get the glory, doesn't get the praise, but is the one that brings victory to the army. Mm. And then also as we come slowly to a close, uh, musicians, you may come. Experts explained that the drummers were often targeted by enemy soldiers. Knowing that without the drumming of the sometimes 8 or 10 year old boy, that the army would not be able to communicate and act as efficiently as needed. So the opposing forces would try to take out the drummer. They would find the one who looked like that and say, if I could take him out, the commands of the general won't get very far. I could take, if I could take out this small boy, if I could take out this one person, then I know that the, the army will fall, that they won't be able to step in unison. They won't be able to move as efficiently as they need to be. And so the opposing forces will try to take out the drummers. And when you accept your role, you become a target. Attacked with the intent not just to destroy you. Because the drummer's death was just a means to an end. But the death was for the goal to disrupt the unity of the church's advancement. And you might have walked in here feeling those attacks today. Feeling attacked, the enemy has been gunning for you and you, you don't feel like you have a weapon to fight back. You don't understand really why you're fighting. You're feeling all these battles. You're feeling this depression. You're feeling this anxiety. You're feeling this unsureness. And you feel like you don't, you're holding a drum and they have guns. And you feel like you are literally outgunned. But in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of bullets being sprayed all around, screams and explosions surrounding the drummer, they never stopped beating the drum because they knew their fellow fellow soldiers depended on it. They knew that the victory depended on them drumming. And you may feel like you're not equipped to fight back. You may feel like you're getting hit from left and right and you have no way to fight back, no way to swing, no way to do anything, but if you just keep beating the drum, when you take the word of God, when you hide it in your heart, you begin to beat the drum over and over in the face of the gunshots, in the face of the depression, in the face of the anxiety, in the face of everything coming against you and turning the word into action, into life, God fulfills his promise. If we could all stand. God is going to be by your side. Seeing to it that his church advances. Seeing that his army presses on and sees the victory. And a drummer is not a prestigious job. There's no earthly recognition. There's no glory. But the world needs him. The church needs him. Our pastor needs him. Being a drummer means you're, expe- you're accepting the weight and the responsibility of the success of the kingdom of God, but accepting the fact that you won't receive any of the earthly glory for it. Because you have put the kingdom of God before yourself. And tonight we have the opportunity to tell God, God, you have something for me, but I don't know what it is. I I know that there's, you're wanting me to do something and I don't know what it is. I don't know if I can hold a gun. I don't know if I can fight like the heroes of the Bible, but God, if if anything, just give me a drum. Let me hear the word and let me begin to beat the drum. Let me turn the word into life and let me let others know 
that they're going to make it. Let me look around. Let me find somebody that's hurting and let me uplift them. Let me have a drum because if I can't do anything else, I can beat a drum. I can be the support. God, give me a word that I can be, have a stretcher for the saints that are hurting. And if it means that our church moves forward, then let me beat the drum. I don't have to be a hero, but God, I could be a drummer. And so tonight we have the opportunity to take up the role that God is wanting for us to have. And we have these altars that are going to be open. And they're, they're open right now, actually, because I want you to take your time to truly decide that there's things that I want. There's things I would like. I would like recognition. I would like the glory. I would like those things. But I know that if I seek only that, the kingdom does not advance. I know that my church does not see the revival if I put myself first. So I'm going to lay down myself. I'm going to deny myself. I'm going to humble myself. And I'm just going to pick up a drum. And when I hear the word, I'm going to begin to beat the drum. I'm going to begin to look for people that are hurting. I'm going to uplift the church. I'm going to uplift the kingdom. And I'm going to do everything that I can in the face of adversity, in the face of pain, to make sure that we advance, to make sure our church advances. God, I don't need to be a hero. I don't need to be the front guy, God. But if I know that I'm helping your kingdom in some way, that's enough. God, whatever role you have for me, whatever you're wanting me to do, God, let me do it. Let me be just a drummer, God, and take me from there. But I'm tired of waiting. I'm tired of hesitating. I'm tired of letting the world happen to me. But God, I'm picking up my drum and I'm starting today. Breathe. 
breaking chains. I hear you breaking chains. I hear you breaking chains.
so if you feel the need that you have to go, we understand that. If you wanted to stay uh, for that, we encourage you to do so. But that's what we're about to move into. Thank y'all. profession of your faith and obedience to the word of God, I now baptize you in Jesus' name, the only name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved for the remission of your sins. <laughs> 